Hi everyone, Happy New Year from Los KC. My name is Darren Griffith and you're very welcome to the 16th episode of the Lusk Athletic Club podcast. Thanks as always for listening. So a new year and a new season of episodes. Glad to say we have lots of ideas for new and exciting content, so looking forward to the year ahead. As always, please do like, share, follow and spread the word. So we're delighted to have two brilliant guests on this episode. We have Dave Matthews, who is a very well-known former Olympian, current broadcaster and director of the Athletics Ireland National Indoor Arena Live Events, or NIA Live Events. We also have LUSK AC club member Annette Foy on to tell us all about the forthcoming LUSK Four Mile Race. So next up, my interview with Dave Matthews. So hi everyone, we're delighted to have Dave Matthews as a guest on the podcast. Dave is a double Olympian, having represented Ireland in the 800 metres at the Atlanta and Sydney Games. He's the former Irish record holder for the 800 metres and 1000 metres. He's also a broadcaster with RTE and works for Athletics Ireland running the NIA live events. So Dave, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Dan. That's a real mouthful. Uh, uh, we are learning that all all, all weekend. Well, I did, <laughs> it's I actually did a, bit embarrassing. <laughs> a bit of research this morning. Oh no, you should be proud of that super achievements. Um, so look, no doubt you're very well known in the in the athletics community and and by many at Lusk AC. But we always ask our guests, if willing, to add a, a little bit extra about themselves. So would you like to introduce yourself? Maybe the man beyond athletics. Yeah, uh, well, I, I'm originally from uh, Kildare. Uh, I still live in Kildare, but I'm originally from Leakslip, just on uh, this uh, probably famous for uh, Intel now. But uh, yeah, originally from Leakslip, uh, schooled in Leakslip, uh, joined Leakslip Athletic Club at the time uh, in the early 80s. And uh, I, um, at the time, I was very interested in all sports, uh, Gaelic games, uh, as say, athletics, track and field, cross country. And uh, you know, sport was 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 very much part of the community uh, at the time, and I I seemed to have a, a, a sort of knack for sports. I wasn't really outstanding or good at Gaelic football or hurling, uh, but I was okay at, at them. I did have I did have a propensity to be able to run. I wasn't very fast, but I was sort of I had a real good engine from an early age. In other words, I could keep going and going and going, and it was and it was always encouraged by my parents. Um, and uh, yeah, so joining the local athletic club was 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 instrumental and in, in everything. And and you know, schooling through through league stuff, and then on to college in UCD, and uh, you know, and found a, a, a sort of a, a, my 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 way in 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 track and field. But yeah, from from league stuff originally, I now live in Robertstown. I haven't lived there for the last twenty years with my wife. We we live along the banks of the canal here. It's very nice. And it gives great opportunities for uh, for running. It's uh, and it's my type of running because it's very flat. I don't like uh, hills. Hills hills and I don't mix. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's that's the background of that, of 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 uh, a summary of me, my life for the last fifty years or so. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Dave. Uh, Leakslip AC was your local club then as a young runner. So can you talk us through some of the key moments in your career from joining Leakslip AC? We were actually part of the NECA, uh, you know, federation. So that's where it leaks up. So we didn't have much mixing with the two organizations, with BLOE and, and NACA up through the years. And it was only when I went to UCD and joined UCD, uh, I, 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 
became a member of the BLE. So that was that. So so I wouldn't have, even though I was winning all, all Ireland titles from maybe under eight, all the way up under eight and under, under nine, 10, 11, 12, I was winning 600 meters, 800 meters. And then around 14, uh, I sort of took a stretch and we see it a lot in our juvenile athletes when they sort of go off the boil a bit at that age, you know, at, uh, you know, 13, 14. And uh, I was, uh, I was maybe second or third. And uh, there was a, a great athlete at the time. I couldn't beat him. Uh, Gary O'Hanlon, who's, who's still running fantastically well over, over a marathon. Uh, Gary had my number uh, from, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. Uh, and it was gas. He was, he was an incredible athlete and he still is. Then I sort of grew into myself and then 17, 18, I, I took off again. And I really did take off again, to be honest with you. I think uh, when I went to UCD, I, I remember I ran in, um, I got invited to an intervarsity event in 1992, in May in 1992. And um, I, I'd never been on a plane. I'd, I'd never traveled outside the, the country. And I got, I got an invite to run as a student. I was doing my leaving cert at the time. I did my physics paper, I remember. It was June, early June it was. And a guy from Dunboyne brought me, Val Ledwood, out to UCD. And it was a, a meet between Irish universities, Brown University, because Eno Reardon was running for Brown at the time, Harvard and Yale, and Birmingham University. And I was... 18 but running against university students as a secondary school student i got a, a, an invite and I, I ran 149 and won the race and it was my first time i met then noel carroll that night and he goes to me you know would you like to come to ucd uh, and i sort of had visions of going to america on scholarship uh, i had won the, the the irish schools um the irish schools 800 meters senior seniors uh, so I had a lot, a number of offers to go to, to, to the United States, uh, and um, was, I, I made a real good connection with Noel and, you know, our, our friendship and our, our coaching relationship blossomed and, and was from that night onwards. So uh, I always wanted to go to UCD. I'm sort of a homebird anyway, and, uh, you know, I didn't fancy going away. To, to, to the states I just I liked I liked being at home and um, I didn't see it as being I, I think I thought if, if I could flourish if I was going to flourish I'd flourish anyway in, in an athletic situation so I didn't see that not going was going to stunt my progress uh, out of that I, I would have then qualified for the world juniors in in Korea and Seoul uh, Seoul in Korea, sorry, <laughs> and uh, that was my first time on the plane, which is which is was 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 amazing. So from from then number of years, the following year in nineteen ninety three, then I, I I got a bronze medal in the European Juniors, and uh, so I sort of ran one forty nine, one forty eight. I took the junior national record. I I got that in nineteen ninety three, junior indoor and junior outdoor. Then in nineteen ninety four, I qualified for a major uh, the major outdoor championships which was in helsinki in 1994 sonia had she won the 3000 meters that that time and i i got the semi-final and but what was really important in 1994 was i ran in in rieti in italy and I, I ran 145 and 57 and i broke marcus o'sullivan's 
national record in 1994, turned 20 years old. So I had the junior, obviously under 23, and now the senior record to boot in 1994. And then fast track to 1995, I ran 144, and it was sort of ranked sixth in the world. It was, it was quite fast, to be perfectly honest. I didn't realize it was fast at the time, but it was fast. Um, yeah, so uh, in, from 1995 then, that, that national record stood until a couple of years ago when Mark English broke it. So it was, it was a quick time at the time. And uh, yeah, you, you don't realize it. But at that point in my life, I was like 21 and, you know, had all the records all the, all the way up through and um, then on my way to the next Olympic Games. So, so my career then sort of went from 1994 to 2000, 2001. And every year I went to a major championships, both indoors and outdoors, qualifying on an A standard. So like I, I did I did I did 14 majors or 15 major championships in seven years, which was which was quite busy. You know, it was a very small team and very close team. So you, you make really good friends with athletes up through through those through those, you know, eight or ten years, you know, um Franco Mara, Marcus O'Sullivan, Sonia, they were would say more the more experienced athletes terry McHugh, and then 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 you have the the sort of younger my generation of mark carl and uh, niall bruton you know james nolan and then the, then as we went on in our careers towards the end we were the old people or the more experienced people on the thing and then the younger ones were coming through like derby o'rourke etc david gillick you know when we were finishing up they were they were coming through so it's it's, it's like a circle of life where you look up to these athletes like Marcus and and even Eamon Cotton was was running sub four minute mile when I was I was at the start. So like these were our heroes. These were the people we were watching on TV. Then all of a sudden I'm rooming with uh, you know Frank or Marcus and it was just such a such a wonderful time to be involved in 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 track and field athletics. A really 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 special time. And to see somebody like Sonia at, at the height of her of her of her career, you know, winning European titles in 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 ninety four, world titles in ninety five, you know, a slip up in ninety six, but back then in nineteen ninety eight for for a European title ninety nine and two thousand, winning winning uh, the cross country world titles, and then uh, you know, crowned in two thousand with a with an Olympic silver medal. I, I was there. It was in the stadium. It was just a you, you nearly felt that you had a you, you you had a piece of the medal if that you know you, you, even though track and field is such an individual sport um you you, you really do um have a, a feel as if you've got a you've got a part of the winning you know medal if that's the thing only a fraction a thread on the ribbon but you do feel as that that you've been there because you've been there and with that and you, you you sort of you're very proud of them and you know so that was it yeah sounds like you're you're, you're obviously running through a fantastic era with brilliant athletes with team ireland and so on what was your proudest athletic moment over your career then yeah uh, you know some people would say you know olympic games is it's it's uh, you know it's, it's the pinnacle of any sport to get to an olympic games and and you know i nearly got there in 92 at that time when we when we fought, when we rewind back to that time in um in in ucd at that that colors match uh, i i was only a whisker away from qualifying in 92 uh you know 96 i ran quite well in 96 i got to the olympic semi-final and i missed olympic final by one place that was that was that was 
that was quite special. But but there was a race in um, in nineteen ninety eight uh, in the European Indoor Championships. So uh, I had I had uh, sort of I'd been ill in leading into it in in nineteen ninety eight. I had a chest infection and I didn't run the national championships uh, because I had a chest infection and. Uh, Subsequently, BLE didn't select me for the for the European Championships, indoor championships in, in Valencia, and uh, we had to go down an appeal route, and it was quite, you know, it was not my style. I don't like confrontation in any shape or form. And but I got on the ticket to go to Valencia, and Noel Carl uh, was coaching was coaching two two athletes at at the time myself and James Nolan and James is really going very well in training and probably better than me in training and uh, we went through the heats uh, and then we, we went to the semi-final and both James and myself got through to the final European Championships indoors in 1998 so it was a really proud moment for my for Noel and myself and James to have two people two out of six in the in the in the European indoor final uh, it was a huge achievement and in that final was uh, we had the Olympic champion from 1996. So Verbion Rodal was the Olympic champion from 96. This is 1998. So Olympic champion was in the final. And then there was another guy in it called Niels Schumann. And he, he sub subsequently became Olympic champion in 2000. We, with the race unfolded, um, myself and James are towards the rear, fifth and sixth, four laps indoors. And then... I said I got I got this I ended up running quite wide the whole time around uh, looking back at it, but I remember with about uh, three hundred meters to go. Okay, so that's a lap and a half in the indoor. I was in fourth or fifth place, and I went feck this. I'm going to go for it here, three hundred meters out, and I'm going to go out with a blaze of glory, or or, or I'm actually going to just completely burn up, and I. I'll never forget, I, I, I got the tape only very, very recently. And um, what's uh, oh, David Coleman was doing the, uh, the commentary, this the, the legendary British commentator, mm -hmm. David Coleman. His, his voice is so synonymous of, you know, of sport through the 80s on, on the BBC. And uh, so I make this move with 300 metres to go. So it's on the back straight with a lap and a half to go. And I said, feck this, I'll go for it. I, I was flat to the mat. And I moved from fifth to second place onto the onto the shoulder of Rodal. And Coleman goes, oh, Matthews has made his move, right? And I just went, I, I hit the, we hit the bell with 200 meters to go. I was in second place on the shoulder of the Olympic champion. And I went, wow. I went, wow, because I was running on empty at this stage, right? And I, I, going down the back straight, they just swarmed me, right? And I went from second to third to fourth. And then James nipped me on the line. So I ended up being fifth, you know. But for that fleeting moment, right, of <laughs> fleeting moment, I, I saw my, 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 uh, my name in lights, right? I completely blew up. But would I change it again, looking back on, 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 you know, on anything? No, I wouldn't. I did run too. I, 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 I sort of guesstimated I probably ran about 815 metres. And that's, not a, that's no exaggeration from running wide. Uh, but I was never going to beat them boys. But uh, for, for a fleet moment, that's one of my proudest moments. Because I gave myself a chance. And, you know, so, so often when we're racing, if you're not up at the, at the business end of things, it, it just doesn't happen. But... 
Very, very good, very good uh, moment. I, I think running in uh, Madison Square Gardens in the, in the early nineties was was also very special. Uh, with Marcus, he would have been. They were in the one to make a mile. I ran the eight hundred, like versus Johnny Gray. You know, around you know around the, the garden was. It's now moved to the Armory. Uh, but back then in Madison, it, it was timber boards. I think about 156 mile, uh, meters around. It was like running around a bathtub. A very special night. 18,000 people there, and 18,000 people there to see Eamon Coughlin or Max O'Sullivan. That you know, we, we, you know, we used to get fleeting, fleeting views of that on sports stadium in Ireland back in the in the 80s and 90s. But he's, uh, you know, they were huge, huge, huge superstars in the states. Thank you. Olympic Games, Olympic semi-final was quite special. Uh, it was very, very, very special. Um, when, when, when that night it would have been the final of the women's five uh, five thousand meters, and Sonia would have been there. So there was a lot of uh, she was meant to be there. You know that was the that was the the play, but she didn't make it. But a lot of Irish in the in the in the stadium that night, and I'll never forget your senses when when you become very nervous and afraid. And that's what I was. Your senses become very acute. I remember walking down the, the home straight, you know, the eight, seven other competitors, and y you're there going, what am I doing here? 21 years old. I was, I, this was going through my mind. What's, what am I doing here? And you could hear maybe 20 rows back, come on, Ireland, or come on, David. And like, you're nearly scanning the crowd to see, is there somebody you know, that is there a space beside him in the seat? So I just get into the stand, sit in the stand. I didn't want to be there. I, that, that's, 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 a, that's a simple fact. Uh, you know, you're called to your line, you strip. Uh, you know, they do the, you know, the camera from one to two, two to three, three to four, and you look up, you're in lane five or six, you look up, you see yourself. I'll never forget this. I looked up to look at myself in the, uh, in the camera on the stadium and the, the fear of, 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 of was, was written all over my face. And I, I just said to myself, what am I doing here? And uh, then, you know, you just call to your marks, complete hush silence. And then the, the crackle of the electronic gun goes and away you go. And, you, you hear everything, you hear everything, you hear the breathing, you hear the, the patter of the feet, you hear the, the, the spikes tearing up the tartan and you're trying to jockey for positions and it's just it's a very, very difficult thing. You were very young then, so the, yeah. the, the, the nerves go over the years or did you learn to manage yeah. them better? Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a really good question, handling nerves. And you know what? Um, it's something that that uh, even when you're very young, uh, it can be you know it's expectation and playing it out. Like the night before, you'd be you'd be running through every situation and scenario in your head. What happens if I'm in this place? What happens if I'm in that place? What what happens then? And 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 it's like you're playing a a, a rewind in a video over and over and over again. And it it can be quite debilitating and. You know, I used to use some trigger words where you go, you know, I'm fast, I'm strong, I'm in the shape of my life. I did a bit of work with Brendan Hackett, who was a sports psychologist, and he was saying, you know, use the trigger words. But yeah, managing managing the nerves and the thing is, is uh, it's real character building, Darren, you know. It's, you can handle that, you can handle anything life throws at you, you know. Yeah, but just before we go, like in terms of, um, how would you pitch 800 meters as a discipline for athletes to consider trying out or taking up? Obviously, your 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 love was for the 800 meters. Like, if you had to sell it to someone who's a young athlete listening in, how would you sell it, or what would you what would you say to them? 
Yeah, I, I think what, what what's really attractive about 800 meter is is, is the combination. It, you know, there's a combination required of of flat speed or good turn of foot. Uh, you know, uh, there's also an element of uh, speed endurance, uh, strong, huge, strong element of speed endurance, your ability to keep running at a steady pace. And then there's also a, a, an aerobic capacity. So you know, you're you're right in the you're right in the in the halfway point of pure speeds speedsters like speed really fast people can run eight hundred meters. You just have to improve their endurance. Not so fast people can run eight hundred meters. They just have to improve their speed. You know, so you, you fall in between two stools. It, it, it's a wonderful event because when you get to championships, to, uh, you know, tactics play a huge part of it. Unlike maybe. Obviously, the, the the 100 to 200 to 400 meters uh, for juveniles going up, there's not so much. It's you know it's 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 as hard as you can go, uh, uh, you know really. But when you get to 800 meters, uh, you do have to think about tactics and and how you deploy that finite amount of energy. 800 meter and middle distance like that does take an element of of discipline, planning, and control, and there characteristics that if you can manage that in any track and field you know they're real good um, skill sets for life thanks dave for talking us through all that that's fascinating stuff um so look you're the, the director and the founder of the athletics ireland national indoor arena live events so mm. really could you just tell us all about it please there's a brainchild of myself back in um, 2017 or something like that I, i'm not sure and we were, at the time we were working with ender fitzpatrick as well he says you know we need a, a, a sort of an event that that's that's a step down from national events so you know my, my mind I, I have a very creative uh vision of what how our sport should look uh, and um, I think our sport has served very very well with from a competition side of it but I, I did think there was a gap in the market for a a sort of a, a more relaxed and just taking the sharp edge because you know when you look at our rule book in our sport our rule book is is very tick uh, and we, we've got lots of rules and, and rightly so because you know without rules there's madness but I, I thought I said I thought we'd. I thought the structure of competition in, from a juvenile and uh, you know senior and master structure is quite strict and bored. It's very formal. So I thought you know there might be a gap in the market here for uh, you know the open style. I remember growing up, Darren, where every Sunday you, you'd go to a local sports day and you'd go and you'd run the the eighty meters, the six hundred meters. You might do a long jump or a high jump, and you come back with a bag load of medals and and trophies, and your parents are going, "Oh no, where are we going to put those?" Well, that was my household anyway, uh, and I thought, right, the, the the whole open sports thing, it was was a very successful um, type of sporting uh, um, vision back in the eighties, and I said, well, why not why not try and re replicate that indoors? So we did, and I'll never forget this. On the first night, we had 38 people turned up, 38 turned up on the first night. And it just seemed to grow from there uh, and there, you know, year on year. COVID did knock us back a bit because we were really getting ahead of steam up on that. Uh, and then COVID knocked us back. But the premise now that we have, right, what we have now is we sell in excess of 500 entries every meet, 500 entries. So we have a window of, 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 of that is from 6 p.m. to 9.30. 
Uh, and in that three and a half hours, we deliver in excess of 60 races in that three and a half hours. And our team has grown from you know, a, a two-person team to a, a team of between 25 and 30 officials now. And the, we were more like a family rather than, and I know this is, that's completely cheese, but it's not. You know, we have, we have, we have gathered a, a group of like-minded people, officials and coaches and all, and it's a very relaxed situation uh, set up. Uh, and we've, it's gone from, Darren, from strength to strength. And each year we try and add on something. Okay, that's the crucial thing for, I, I really look at them with a very commercial head on it, uh, if that makes sense. I, 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 try and, I try and look at it from a, a parent's perspective. I, I try and look at it from an athlete's perspective. I can't look at it from a juvenile's perspective because my juvenile years are so far behind me. I cannot remember what it was like to be a juvenile. But one thing that's about track and field, you know, we only can have one, two, three winners. And I went, well, this is this, this is a problem there because I want the person who's fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh and eighth to have the have the same experience as the one, two, three. And I said that's crucial. So how do we try and how do we try and make that experience good for that child? And, and I, I thought I could, two things we can do, right? I, I think having the, the event streamed is crucial. It's really, really, really important, right? And then giving the juveniles something is really important. So we came up with the idea of a sustainable participation medal this year. So we have a sustainable participation medal made of wood uh, that is given to every athlete that finishes. So I think there's a takeaway there for the children to, um, you know, that they get something. And, and, and then, you know, the, the, the idea that it's streamed, you know, they can go back in school. And we were seeing that, right? May have 500, 600 people watching at any one time on the night. But then the following day, there could be 5,000, 6,000 clips clipped uh, on, that, on that YouTube thing, right? So what we're finding out is, that Mary or Johnny uh, has run the 60 meters in the under 12s, and then they're going in to tell their teacher. And we, we're encouraging this, right, from a school's perspective, yeah. to go and tell your teacher, there's the link you ran at this time, and get it put up on the whiteboard on, on, on school. And we're finding that day on day, the following days, it really does, you know, we end the week with like 10,000 views. So what we're doing there is Mary and Johnny are getting some kudos they may have been only fifth or sixth or seventh in in that race and that's that's they've got them they got themselves a bespoke medal that's specific for the national indoor arena uh and uh and then their teacher and they can get then kudos within the classroom you know because we're in a very competitive sporting environment you know there's there's we've got the gaelic games we've got the rugby we've got soccer and we're all we're all vying for that that bandwidth uh and so we have to be really different and we have to be really innovative and we have to, you know, provide uh, something different. Now, I estimate on, on nights that we have in excess of 2000 people come in and out, you know, over the three hours. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a busy thing to, to, to develop it further. We, we're going, we, we go to uh, Athlone as well. So it's a tour. We bring the tour on, on tour. So we're going to Athlone. Uh, we have been in it alone, so again, we have a bespoke model for TUS, uh, and it has their colorings, and then we're taking it to Nina, to the Olympic, uh, Nina Olympic, 
and we have a bespoke medal for them. So, and then when we go outdoors, we take it. So listen, it's a juggernaut that is, uh, what, we we had over 5,000 um, participants last year in 2023. Well, we're just coming to the end of 2020. So it, it, does it take from the national competitions? Absolutely not, absolutely not because we're providing something that's a little bit different. We're try we're encouraging juveniles and seniors to try different events. We've had a, a lovely synopsis of the NIA live events. I mean, what, what are the goals for the years ahead then? Yeah, I think, as I said, Darren, like to grow it, uh, I, I think there's, I think we've got room for, um, you know, to possibly have a, an international or a Grand Prix style uh, in, you know, in the, in the arena. Uh, that's my vision. Uh, I think the, to have, uh, you know, like we lost the, the Grand Prix in Athlone, which was a really, Kieran O'Cohan had a really good uh, Grand Prix down there. It, it's just, the, it costs money and it, it's it's a lot of organization involved, organizing involved. I think there is a window and there's an opportunity to do that. I, I, I think what we could do in the National Indoor Arena is have a, ha, have a, um, a Grand Prix style meet with a bookend of a juvenile in you know at the at the start and uh, I, I think there's huge appetite for it. I think it would be uh, it would be it would be very very uh, beneficial for a sport. But I think as I said, there's an appetite for it. It's just about delivering it, and uh, I think we can do it. So to to summarize, the indoor will go from strength to strength. We 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 we've, we've got a real good product. Uh, as I said, th we've got a real good team. We, our team is growing. We've got a brilliant blend of experienced officials, and also it's a, a training ground for new officials. We've we've brought on four or five uh, younger officials that are now you know become, gaining experience at this uh, at an, at events that are not really high pressured. So they're they're honing their skills, and it, it's it, it's it's a real benefit for the association that we we, we can. It's like a, a training ground for for young officials. So, Jackie Mulhall has you know really driven that. Uh, Seamus Flynn, uh, you know, like th these are all uh, people huge experienced um, officials, but they're bringing through some of the younger generation as well. So that that, that so I think I think our indoor uh, tour is very strong footing. It, it it can it can grow. Uh, I think our outdoor is 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 at a uh, say a life cycle it's it's only under early development stages we did last year we did in cork with rob herfling we went down to cork ac brilliant time we went up down to the other end of the country dermot mcgran we went to finn valley absolutely brilliant and then we finished it in uh, our last one in la Cala in leaks up with uh, lisa dixon called great so now this year i have to take it on tour maybe to four or five so maybe that's a call out to anybody, uh, any clubs out there that want the tour to come to their thing. They don't have to do anything. Just give me the track, right? I provide, we provide the whole package. Uh, and, uh, you know, we really would like to bring it to tracks that are new because around the country we've had some, there's, they're, they're flourishing, uh, like mushrooms popping up tracks around. There. So I want to bring it to, so that's a, this is a call out to clubs. If they want, um, I know there's been some interest, uh, in, I think St. Abbans uh, uh, expressed interest. So we'll we'll do it. Thanks, Dave. So what would you say to the average AC member to encourage them to participate in the NIA live events? That's a really good question. Um, what you know, it's it's it, our sport is not our sport is not like 
If you were a golfer, right, Darren, right, you'd like to play in St. Andrews. If you're a tennis player, you'd like to play in Wimbledon. Yeah? You would like yeah. to play on the best courses, the best court, even though you could be a ground hacker. You know what I mean? You could be a, a hacker, but you still you'd still want to get around St. Andrews. Right. But in our sport, there seems to be like a, a, like a barrier to entry or a fear of putting your toe to the line because it's so binary in our sport. The clock doesn't lie. But we, we just need to make the environment conducive for our club runners to run. You know, whether you run seven-minute mile, an eight-minute mile, don't worry, no problem. But we have to have a safe environment. One of the most challenging things is putting your toe to the line. It's a hugely challenging thing. So I think there's a window of opportunity there for, in, 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 I don't know whether the Track and Field Live can do this, uh, but I think there is an opportunity there uh, for events where it's a paced mile. So for example, it could be a nine minute mile uh, or 10 minute mile and that's it. You know, and I think a graded system would work very well. I think that's it. But, it, you know, it, 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 it is a hard one to tune. But, you know, as I said, if you're a golfer, you'd like to play on the best courses. You know, you can you can you can you can run on a world class facility in the National Indoor Arena, you know, for a fiver, you know, right. same as thing. So it, it, I think it's a, I think it's a, you know, I think it's a, it, it's, it's, it's no a brainer. Brainer. Mm. yeah. Brilliant. And then what about Spectator? So I know I know it's free and you can also watch the, the live streaming, which is brilliant. But why should someone get on the M50, for example, and come into the National Indoor Arena to see, see one of the live events? Well, the first thing is you're not going to get wet, okay? You're not going to be cold. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's 75 degrees in, in old money, which is 23 degrees Celsius. It, it's, it's, you know, I, I think we have a duty of care as, a, as, a, as an association in, in Athletics Ireland uh, to, to provide a, a, a package. And, uh, you know, track meets have to, have to have a package to entertain. And whether that's the add-ons of, you know, you can get yourself a coffee, you can get yourself a sandwich, you can get something, you, you can enjoy the experience of it. You know, it, our, our sport cannot be just about running or throwing them from point A to point B. We have to have add-ons to, to, to make the, the experience better. So one of my aims is to improve the spectator experience. You have to have an entertainment value. So, for example, on the 10th of January, we're going to introduce the wave light uh, pacing. So it's where we have the, the track will be, the pace will be, uh, you know, shown on the track, you know. So we're doing little add-ons like that, that will improve the experience, you know. I mean, the, the pacing wave light sounds fantastic. And mm -hmm. I've been to the National Indoor Arena, for example, a few times, and it's well worth going along just to see the facilities. It's fantastic. And as you said, it's uh, it's definitely nice and cozy um, so yeah please do go and visit everyone um, so look uh, that's fantastic Dave uh, I have a couple of questions just general questions about athletics if, if that's alright um, I mean I'd love to get your thoughts on the on the current pipeline of young athletes in Ireland or what how do you think we're faring I think I think a pipeline is very healthy it's extremely healthy it's, it's probably we're probably in the best uh, uh, best situation ever um, you know um, there, it's just uh, 
you know, we're, we're looking at, there, there's a defined pathway now, but the greatest challenge for our athletes is, is that step up from, uh, you know, being a good junior uh, to being a, a good senior. And we see so many medalists, uh, you know, medal at, at, at under 20 and 23, and that makes, you know, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure about the 23 uh, age group thing. I, I, I think if you're good enough uh, at, uh, you know, at 2021, 20, 22, the 23 is only, it's, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sold on, on the 23 age group. Uh, but that transition from being a good junior to a good senior is, 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 is really really challenging really challenging at that stage right you go to college and then you have to go to into the big bad world and when you're in full-time education it's quite easy to train because such a structured format you know you can train and you can you can progress it's when you when you finish your your, your full-time education you, you you're at a crossroads do you, and you go do i do i continue in this sport at that level uh, of commitment or do I do I start my my career uh, and move on, you know, in my career and and take, so <clears throat> I, I I I do think there's a you really go off a cliff after the full time education. It, it's very challenging for uh, and you know only a fraction of people make it to the next level. Um, but our pipeline, what's which is really interesting, Darren, is historically our our our, our pipeline was was middle distance and that's where it was you know what i mean we're we're, we're a nation known for middle distance but now we're a nation of jumpers and throwers and and speedsters and sprinters i i i'm i'm, I'm very privileged to be able to broadcast and commentate on these coming up uh, it's 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 one of the most you know privileged positions to be uh, to see these athletes and 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 tell the world tell the nation you know how good they are and try and let, let the nation know how good they are because they really are good you know this is the pinnacle of of, of world sport track and field is is one of the only one of the few one of the very few global sports so we have 200 countries participate in track and field 200 countries and it's one of the most basic fundamentals of movement running from a to b and then maybe as a follow-up like what are your thoughts on the roles uh, the clubs around ireland are playing in terms of developing the, the athletic stars of the future yeah I, I, listen we're only as good as our, our club structure and club network there's so many volunteers that are you know without those that this these pipeline would wouldn't be in existence without the person who's down coaching from under eight up through you know through the juvenile structures and they're so often they're so it's so often they're they they've been unrecognized you know on a national level and the the the, you know i think the challenge we've had as well is is you know our our facilities are playing catch-up they are improving but they're still playing catch-up but i I like the approach the multi-sport approach uh for, for 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 and that model where you have a track, the infield maybe then an astroturf, uh, and it's a community-based uh, approach and funding for for sporting facilities. Beyond the facilities, I mean, if you could wave a magic wand, then what what other thing would you like to see change in terms of athletics in Ireland? Um, I, I think I think our, our, our college system. Uh, you, I, I think we we have an extremely healthy juvenile uh, situation. You just have to look to Dublin juveniles. Uh, you know. 
Cecil Johnson. It's 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 the most fantastic situation where there's you know three and four or five thousand children participating. I, I think our, our juvenile structure is, is very, very healthy. I think our, our, our team structure, like all sports, it, it just falls off. It, you know, withers on the vine. Uh, I, I then think I think there is a slight discommode between our university situation and our and our, our, our competition as well. I think there, there I think there's a great scope there for developing on the university side because it, it's they they have great tradition and history and just there's probably an opportunity to somewhat freshen it up and 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 link it back in um, and also then I, I also do think that it's hugely challenging for our athletes to go to the United States and scholarship when they and I speak about when you finish your full time education that there's some sort of safety net there for them when they when they finish you know we we've fifty sixty track athletes in the United States at the moment and getting that word back here and and them and us knowing how they're doing is is uh you know it's sort of it just comes back in dribs and drabs but also I think when they finish their college education that there is a pathway for that afterwards that you know or, or an element of support or whatever it is I, I, but by and by I think we're doing a pretty good job uh in, in delivering track and field and athletics in this in this country and my final point on it right I, I firmly like like we get to see the figures when people tune in for the European Championships World Championships Olympic Games and track and field and track there's a huge latent uh, viewership and a huge latent support for track and field in this nation uh, you, you, you it's there it's not it's not hearsay it's not uh, you know whispers it's there. When, when track and field is put on mainstream TV in Ireland, okay, it has huge viewership, huge yeah. viewership. So that tells me that there's an interest. We have a we have a great tradition, and I think the public uh, there's there is a um, there you know there is a, a, an appetite there for for track and field uh, on on TV. It's just we just need to get it there, and whatever way we have to do to get track and field on our TVs. Yeah, but there's people will watch it if it's if it's there. Well, Dave, it's been brilliant talking to you, and uh, it's fantastic to hear all about the uh, the live events. Uh, they, they sound wonderful, and I know um, the people at Lost KC love them as well. So, uh, thanks very much for talking to me, and I want to wish you the very best of luck with uh, all the live events going forward. I'm sure they're going to go from strength to strength under your stewardship. So, thank you so much. Thank you, Darren. Really enjoyed that. Thanks again to Dave. Can't wait to see the Wavelight pacing technology in action at the Sport Ireland NIA. By the way, there is still four NIA live events left in the calendar. The 25th of January in Athlone, the 3rd of February in Nina, that's a juvenile-only event, the 7th of February at Sport Ireland NIA, and the 28th of February at Sport Ireland NIA. So do check out the website in our program notes and consider signing up for the NIA live events and towing the line, as Dave said. Next up, Julie's interview with Annette Foy. 
So we're thrilled to welcome Annette Foy as our honoured guest on today's podcast. Annette is the race director for the Lusk Four Mile and was one of our very first guests on the pod. Not only is she race director, she is also a very active member of Lusk AC. Uh, she coaches, mentors members, as well as also fitting in her own running training as well. Uh, so Annette, let's start with talking about the star attraction, the Lusk Four Mile. Uh, obviously one of the best four miles in the country. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so yeah, like, let's start with the easy questions the basics you know the when the where and the what so do you want to just tell us about them yeah absolutely Judy thanks for having me um back <laughs> um so yeah the last four mile it's this year it's on the 3rd of March so um 3rd of March at 3 p.m so 333 333 it's an easy and, one to remember um, yeah. it's basically the the first Sunday in March uh, is, is it's always um, and it's a nice time of the year because things are just starting to warm up for um, kind of running um, in your race calendar so uh, and the distance is very achievable four miles um, yeah. and um, you know it, it, it's a great distance to if you want to try and break a record or yeah. if you if you if you're new to running and maybe you know park run has been your d- distance so far and you want to just push the, a little bit extra so it's yeah. a, a little bit more than the, the park run it's a lovely um route that we take in the village twice yeah um and uh you know it's it's really um ideal for spectators yeah um and we also have a juvenile race um, so, you know, uh, there's something there for everybody in the family uh, okay. if you want to bring, bring everyone along. Yeah. So tell us a bit about the juvenile, juvenile race. That's the, the junior race is called the Thomas Ash Dash. Is that correct? The Thomas Ash Dash. Yeah, <laughs> that's correct. Um, so that's basically for our under eights, under 12s yeah. and under 16s. So um, the under eights will do 400 metres around yeah. the village green. Yeah. And the under 12s will do two laps. Yeah. Which is 800 metres. And then our under 16s will uh, battle it out on a mile distance, which just takes in a a little, it's it's around the village green, but we kind of widen the loop. Yeah. But it's, it's, it great, creates a great atmosphere at at the build up to the main event, obviously the four mile, but um, the, you know, the kids races are so much fun. Yeah. And parents can watch them go all the way around the green. And the, it it kind of, the the atmosphere um, is, is really great, actually. Yeah. There's not many races that do that they have a junior one race before is there um i think uh, rohini do it okay um, yeah. and and to yeah. be honest that's what that's what made me um want to do because i always brought my daughter to the rohini for, yeah. um the rohini race uh, and so she used to run and then myself and Richard would, would you know, do the five miles. So. Yeah, that's lovely. So um, yeah. I thought, you know, that's really nice, you know, because... Yeah. Um, a family affair. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. everybody feels happy going home with their medals and their goodie bags. And hopefully they sleep, sleep well after running around the Absolutely, green. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And what time does that start at? So the children's races start at 2pm. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so well, it's just an hour ahead of the uh, four mile. Yeah. Um, and, and registration, you can register online for the children's races or or you can register on the day. Oh, brilliant. Okay, yeah. so they can just decide whether they're in the mood for it or not at the yeah. time. <laughs> and all children will get a medal. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned records there. Do you know what the course record is for the four mile? Uh, for the four mile, yeah, absolutely. So that was actually achieved back in 2022 okay. when we um, kind of, I suppose, 
after uh, the pandemic lockdown, we yeah. we had we were lucky that we only had to have one virtual event. Yeah. Um, but we came back with a bang, and uh, that was in 2022. And Ephraim Giddy um, broke the course record then in uh, 18 minutes 27. Okay. And. Um, wow. It, it, Ian Guiden was close enough last year with 18.57 okay. but um, no Ephraim has um, managed to hold on to it yeah. so he, he's welcome uh, all are welcome to come back and, yeah. and challenge that um, and then that same year um, Fiona McKenna from UCDAC she broke the female record in 22.43 so we had two, we had both the male and female record bro- broken that year, and it's it's held since. Fantastic. Well, I suppose it's only two years, but yeah, you know, it's um, oh look, it was such a great day because um, I think everybody was so excited to get back to racing. Yeah. Um, after lockdown and the sun was shining, yeah. and um, I mean. Ephraim really put on a show like um, yeah, yeah you know, that's brilliant so we'll throw down the gauntlet and see if anyone's up for the yeah, challenge this absolutely. year <laughs> and it was actually like it was a nice enough day last year I seem to remember yeah no we've yeah, got we've, we've got it right <laughs> we've got it right more than we've got it wrong um, with the weather yeah so uh, yeah. I just didn't realise that I had to put in the order for sunshine so yeah. <laughs> it's firmly in there now brilliant uh, yeah. well we definitely part. need to think of you know a bit of sunshine at this, at this stage I can promise, of the year I can promise it'll It'll be warm, but we we definitely like to get the sunshine out. March is a difficult time to get, but it'll be yeah. a, hopefully a crisp, sun, sunny day. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, look, if people are sitting at home and thinking, why should I come along to this race? You know, what would you say to them? Well, look, you know, um, obviously I'm biased, um, yeah. but I, I do think it, it ticks a lot of boxes, you know. Yeah. Um, we, as, as I mentioned, we have the children's races um, beforehand, which creates a great atmosphere. Yeah. There's music on the green. Um, yeah. We have a DJ and we have a great MC, um, Henry McKean from News Talk. Uh, so he really, you know, um, gets the the crowd going Brilliant. and um, chats to some participants if they're willing to have a conversation yeah. with him. Um, and um, the, the, I suppose the distance is great, yeah. as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and obviously the all important goodie bag. Tell us a bit about that. Well, the goodie bag yeah no it's it's brilliant um i mean we have a team that work on that they manage to get all sorts of uh, exciting things inside of course the yeah. the good old potatoes that yeah. <laughs> uh, i think is, is quite an interesting thing to find in your in your goodie bag but yeah we, you're coming to North County Dublin, so yeah, why not go home with a bag of spuds? Absolutely. Um, yeah. But then, of course, you get a T-shirt and a medal, and um, you also get there's a bit of music on the course. Yeah. We have our uh, Lusk Black Raven Pipers at the Round Tower, um, and of course, afterwards, um, the refreshments in the school hall is yeah. a, is legendary. Yeah, I mean the girls really look after. Um, uh, everybody, be it hot soup um, yeah. or you know uh, a sandwich or you know beautiful baking. That, t- to be honest, in my opinion, should should be in the um, the the bake off tent. Bake-off tent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the I I actually go in. I've learned to go in beforehand and yeah. put a little plate aside because yeah. because it, it literally is wiped clean like, yeah. because it's uh, so so tasty. Yeah, and. Um, 
I think because it goes through the village twice, the support is really is really great. Yeah. Um, and and that support from um, I suppose from people in the village, but also our club members that marshal on the course. Yeah. Um, you know they're all so encouraging because they're runners themselves, so yeah. they know what it's all about. Like, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Um, and then I, I mean our juveniles even get involved um, and help. You know, you might find them at the finish line giving you your medal. Like, yeah. So it's it's a real it's it's a real club day out in the sense that, okay, we mightn't be running so much, but we really um, are putting on a top class event, yeah. and everyone gets involved. And yeah. it's, it's you know it's it's a nice time for the club to come together and show off. I suppose. Yeah. Do you ever get FOMO that you hadn't run yourself? <laughs> no, not really. You know because um, I, you know, I usually do a, go- a good few recce's beforehand just yeah. to make sure that there's no major potholes we need to get, yeah. get on to the council about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, uh, I did do it for the virtual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, some year maybe I'll get to run. You'll get to run. But I love watching it. people, everybody coming across the line. Yeah. It's just, it's just brilliant. It's really you know? exciting. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, and so look, it's really interesting to kind of get a bit of an understanding about what goes into organising a race because you know when does it start and how many people are involved. Well, yeah. So um, look, I mean, it gets easier every year, um, but I usually start um, kind of working on things around September, October. Um, and and then things kind of ramp up around this time of year, January, yeah. um, definitely January through to, to race day. Yeah, there's a lot involved. Like, I mean, um, but, you know, just just kind of, I suppose, contacting the different um, like Athletics Ireland to get our race yeah. permit. Yeah. Um, uh, my run results are our um, race partners um, ordering T-shirts. Um, yeah you know, uh, meeting with our sponsors and, you know, the list is endless, you know, and then kind of, I suppose, at this end of the the organisation, I'm looking at kind of rounding up um, volunteers to marshal and um, I'm kind of just touching base with our goodie bag team, our our refreshments team and... um, but as I say, it, get, it definitely gets easier year uh, on year because yeah. everybody seems to kind of know what they have to do and um, what's needed. Um, and it, it's great, you know, it's, yeah. it's good. It's good fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any, uh, do you ever kind of wake up in a cold sweat thinking that something could go wrong? <laughs> what's your worst nightmare? What's, what's the kind of thing you go, oh my God. Oh, well, here, happened? listen, I mean, after our first year, I, I, I just said, if we can do, if we can pull it off if, um, with the, the snow that we had uh, and the storm we had prior to our first year uh, yeah. kicking off, yeah. I just said, we can do it. We can do anything. But then, you know, look, I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> But no, um, no, I think if you if you put in the the hard work like um, beforehand and you're well organized and you have your people in place. Yeah. um, You know, you've you know, if you've ticked all the boxes, you know, um, you'll get back what you put in. So um, I think, uh, yeah. No, I don't. I don't wake up in a sweat. No, you're, you're, <laughs> not no for that reason, you. anyway. <laughs> um, Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, how do you juggle that? Your own sort of training and coaching alongside organising the race as well. It's quite got a lot going on there to juggle. I, I'm sure it's like anybody else. Um, aren't we all juggling things in life? You know. Um, and if you want something done, ask if you're a busy person. Yeah. But. Um, 
I enjoy I enjoy planning the race and I enjoy uh, putting it together. Um, I suppose I do have to. Sometimes my housework just tends to completely yeah. go by the wayside yeah. <laughs> in the the month ahead of. Um, um, and and sometimes I forget to feed my family, you know. But oh, well, um, sure listen, they're big and bold enough and uh, yeah. capable to look after themselves, and they look after me. To be fair, um, one of my one of the worst things, and I suppose my daughter will. Um, often bring it up is that her birthday falls just before the race. Oh, right. Okay. So I always have to make sure and block that off yeah. um, so that uh, it's celebrated just as, you know, as much. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, I don't have any, you know, martial meetings that night or yeah. what whatnot. It's tricky, you know, but like anything, you just block off your days and I still like to keep running myself. And yeah. sure, why wouldn't wouldn't I yeah, be able to, absolutely. you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just well organised and um, I think that's the key. Isn't yeah. It? What are the sort of personal highlights for you from these events? Like, what do you get from it being the race director? Because, you know, you've taken on a big responsibility and, you know, why do you do it? <laughs> I suppose, really. <laughs> why do it? Well, do you know, I have to say, um, you know, when you get when you get when you see the people finishing like you know it's amazing to see um like records been broken mm. or maybe if we've uh you know maybe invited somebody um to come and run that we really would love to run our race yeah. um uh, and they and they turn up you know that's yeah. fantastic but then it's also amazing to see the groups of um people who it might it might be um something that they've been targeting and they achieve that they're with a pacer yeah and they get they get the time that they wanted and you yeah. can really see it yeah um and then also you know for people um who it might be their very first race like, uh, i kind of set up like a little run club and work and yeah um we uh there's people who who've never ran races so yeah. I, you know last year a, a good few of them ran the race and they were just so delighted yeah you know and yeah. to get a medal and a good and it's such a, it's a nice achievement you know and the satisfaction on people's faces and then of course the feedback that you might get on social media that's yeah. really you know makes it worthwhile nice to see. and yeah. i love looking through all the photos yeah <laughs> yeah um you know and um seeing the bits that I didn't get to see on yeah. the course you know? yeah yeah um that's and, great. and there are walkers too aren't there there are people that yeah come walk absolutely yeah. walkers are more than welcome to come along yeah. and um you know uh take part it's, yeah. very, it's a very inclusive race there's people of all abilities and yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah which is which is great to see um brilliant so um yeah so down to sort of the brass tacks on the day um talked a bit about registering uh what about sort of you know um, group rates for clubs or discounts or anything like that how would they find out about that yeah well um like we we reach out to um i suppose clubs uh, nearby um in uh, dublin and uh, beyond but uh year on year but i mean certainly i mean i you, you don't have to be a club to get a group rate okay and um, yeah. so we're more than happy to you know like Brilliant. like that like if you've a group and work that you run with yeah um feel free or if there's a sports and social club that you'd like to maybe enter a group um you know just you could dm us dm me or you know contact us through our um the lust four mile facebook page or instagram page great um actually please give us a like and a follow yeah. on those pages. Um, uh, also, um, yeah, I mean, we'd be happy to accommodate 
uh, any group or uh, yeah. um, with a group rate. Great. We'd love to see you and welcome yeah. you. In and I saw actually the training plans as well. I think that started last year, did it? The training plans, I saw them up on Facebook. Yeah, we started that. Uh, so it's an eight week training plan. So actually, yeah, if you follow our Facebook and Instagram page, you'll see that um, we posted every Sunday. Mm. And it's basically, it's an eight week plan. You can hop in now, it's not too late. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it just there's a beginners and advanced level, yeah. And it just gives you a kind of a guide as to to follow. Um, if if you're new to running and you, yeah. you kind of say, okay, I want to give this a good good go, and it's nice time of the year. Yeah, everybody's feeling new and New yeah. Year's resolutions. <laughs> and, um, so um, yeah, hop on there, and uh, you can follow our um, our. Uh, eight week training plan. Yeah. I think we're at week this is week two actually. Yeah. Okay. So, so people um, if people come yeah. on to it now it's not too oh, not too no, late to start. Absolutely. Yeah. They no, can... not too late. So uh yeah, as I say I post that every Sunday. And what about for people who are maybe driving over or coming you know, coming over from from you know outside of Lusk, you know, yeah. North Kent. Well Scotland. I mean we've uh, I mean there's there's the bus and the train. The train station isn't far from us at all. Um it's probably about oh I don't know, like it's a warm-up distance. It's isn't a warm-up. It? Yeah. it is a warm-up yeah. jog. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and then if you're driving, you know, there's parking in the GAA club and the soccer club and the community, the, the community school. Perfect. So, um, like, there's plenty of um, parking available. But sure, look, it's always good to carpool. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you can share your horror stories on the way home yeah <laughs> hopefully not yeah exactly <laughs> hopefully stories of victory and uh, and joy yeah. um and anything else you'd like to tell people about the race the t-shirt this year is purple you may have okay. seen it on our and that's uh, t uh to link in with uh the brand color of our title sponsor this year Phys uh, fingal physiotherapy um, oh, great. So they're, she, yeah. that's a local physiotherapist in the village here, and um, they're actually offering um, Pilates classes and all sorts for oh, brilliant for you know. for runners or just in general. Well, actually, yeah, I, uh, Michelle herself is is a runner, so it, oh, that brilliant. definitely helps. I think yeah. when, when you have a physiotherapist, that's who, a runner who runs themselves. They get it, yeah. Um, yeah, and they and they don't tell you you can't run for like you know yeah. three weeks because yeah. they'll. They know they know how much we need. That's to. not practical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and what colour was it last year? I'm trying to remember. Last year was blue. It was blue. Yeah. Okay. So it yeah. changes every year, does it? Or is yeah. It? Generally, yeah, yeah. It changes every year, um, um, and sometimes we will will you know keep it to to the colour of a sponsor or yeah. Just whatever, just whatever change takes our fancy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see yeah. what's in fashion, what's yeah. on trend. We'll keep, keep you guessing, you know. Yeah, yeah. What will it be next yeah. year? <laughs> Brilliant. Well, listen, let's hope that it's a fantastic day and that we get the good weather and uh, yes. that we get the, you know, brilliant numbers that we've had for the last couple of years. Yeah, please do come along. Um, it promises to be a great day. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks, Julie. Thank you as always for tuning in. We really appreciate your support and hope you enjoyed the show. I'd like to thank our guests, Dave Matthews and Annette Foy. I'd also like to thank the Lusk AC podcast team, Colin Brown, Julie Griffith, Nicole Hodson, Dwayne Moore, Sean Smith and Colin Wall. Also, remember, there will be a very warm welcome and fantastic race experience waiting for you in Lusk on Sunday, the 3rd of March. So really hope to see you there. Also, a call out to Lusk AC members to get involved 
and help out on race day and the days leading up to it. So do get in touch with Annette to express your interest in volunteering. All the best from us, Casey.